All right. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 16 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I am Drew Brown. Yeah, you are. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about Halloween-themed pens and ink. Seems appropriate at the end of September. Uh, Our favorite nib designs and the drama that goes on behind the scenes with pen retailers. Bum, bum, bum. And I also, for those of you watching the video form, maybe not so much the audio, but I have a new background. I'm actually in the same room that I normally record. I just turned around backwards so that you can see my beautiful fake fireplace here instead of a plain wall. So we'll see how this goes. I'm hoping everything looks okay and that I'm in focus and the lighting's all right. But it's at least different, I guess, Drew, right? Yeah, we might even catch some wildlife back there. You've got, uh, you, you often have a variety of fauna showing up out those windows. There is some fauna and some flora happening behind me, but I have the curtain closed so that it's not like, you know, weird blinding stuff happening from the sun. Cause that tends to happen, you know? So let's start out with some feedback from past episodes. Drew, and we got a bunch we do, of it. We do have some feedback and I've got a theme to uh, my section of the feedback this week, Ooh, Brian. And all right. the theme is feedback. Oh, I like that. That's it very is. topical. Very well, topical. Well, it is because the, because this feedback, I, I want to just talk about the feedback. I, the, this is feedback about feedback. All right, so here we go. Uh, PMJ on YouTube says simply, Pelican Twist, yay! And Pete Azuz, also from YouTube, says, Doodler's Beaver, yay! And I just wanted to say thank you for that because... That's the way I comment on a lot of things that I comment on, and it comes from a place of genuine excitement and passion. And when I see comments like that, like yes, it's just it it, it really kind of means nothing on, on for, at first glance. But honestly, that sort of stuff just gets me so jazzed up because I feel like I'm with those people. I feel mm. like you're watching it live, and I just hear your actual reactions, and it puts a smile on my face because the fact that we can generate just that instant kind of yay feeling like you're right there with us i just dig that so much and uh it's it's how we operate here we just get jazzed up about something and we're just like yay that thing i think i might have said that to somebody today on their instagram story i was like oh yay that thing and i don't even remember what it was but it's just so natural and real and i really really love it um and uh, here's another um, one from uh, Florence47. She says, I know this sounds weird, but these sorts of videos are a little hard to comment on. There are so many good points that come up, so many good questions that it doesn't make sense to post a comment until after you've watched the whole episode. And then mm. you've got like eight points you want to cover. Go smiley, for it. smiley tears. <laughs> Maybe I just talk too much, but that's nothing new. I remember what you did with Q&A where you had a question of the week. Um, Mm. I don't really have a solution for you. Maybe Brian can talk about this question of the week thing after me. But again, Mm. I wanted to mention that I'm so glad that Florence here just wants to say something about all these points because that's just a level of interactivity that 
I get so, so happy about. And I, I want to hear all of it. I really do. I love going through the comments. I love listening to just your reactions to the things that Brian and I discuss. It really, you know, you're here with us now. I, whether you're watching this sooner or later, you're with us. Like this, we are sharing this together. So please feel free to comment as though you are right here because we love it. And um, that's what we want to do. We want to establish something that feels connected. So hmm. what, is, what is this question of the week thing, Brian? Uh, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. Just at the end of every Q&A that I did, I would have a question of the week. Sometimes it was pen related, sometimes it was not. It was meant to be sort of a writing prompt if people wanted something to journal about or whatever, or obviously people could comment in the comments oh, on I a, see. kind of a unified question. So I would, you know, we can definitely resurrect that. I could probably even pull some of the old questions that I had. I have a whole spreadsheet of tons of questions and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe we'll, a, lot, uh, a lot of a lot of the times we'll our hypotheticals end up being kind of the primary question that gets answered in the comments. Mm, yeah, maybe um, it was, maybe that one was just because it was always at the end, so mm -hmm. that was like the one that you were left with. Interesting. You know, so we could at least just prompt some question we've talked about earlier in the broadcast mm. and prompt that at the end. I don't know. We'll yeah, think about it. No, we'll think interesting. About it. Well, thank you, Florence. Thank and you, then Florence. there's this, there's this one comment. I don't know if you've seen any of these, Brian. Um, hmm. There's one, there's one person on YouTube that just hates me. They just hate themselves some Drew Brown. Every, hmm. like, no joke. Every, I, I clicked on their name. Everything they say on our channel is just talking about, like, how much they hate Drew and how Drew shouldn't be in any, in any videos and stuff like that. So you should probably get rid of me. Just saying. Sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Just, he, he's, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm disingenuine. Uh, uh, wow. Just, I'm, I'm fake as well. Don't know if you knew that about me, but... I wish I could say that was true, but what you see is what you get when it comes to Drew Brown. This is that is true. This is yeah. the real deal. <laughs> it's actually not fake. This is this so, is who he is. Yeah, this, this I don't is know if that makes you like him more or not, Mister. Yeah, hater, no, hater no. For, person, for, for real though, I, there are a lot of people that annoy me for no reason at all. So it makes sense that I'm at least that for one. Person I mean, you're not going to please so. everybody, you know? No, absolutely I mean, not. I'm sure you've got those comments before too. Oh yeah, a lot of times yeah. about how like sweaty my armpits are, or how hairy my hands are, in certain <gasps> videos, and how dare you? Know, I'm like, okay, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> you still watch the video, so yep. it can't be that bad. I mean, no, I get it. That's, that's cool. Okay. No, that's all I have. You should just try changing everything about your personality, Drew, and who you, you are. You know, that's the and next step. The next step. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty evident. I mean, it's resounding feedback here. Mm -hmm. um, so I have some other feedback that is not related to any of that but also has a common theme. Um, so this is all in response to uh, the topic of transcribing an entire book using a fountain pen, which I think is commendable no matter what book or what anything that you're trying to do, it's commendable just to even attempt it. Um, so we found out that a number of our pen friends are actually already doing this. Uh, Rick is copying and translating his grandfather's cookbook, which that's pretty cool because that's super sentimental. So that I dig. Uh, the Inky Hobbit is copying 1984 and is halfway through it, uh, to which I would say that if you were to write it in Newspeak, you might be able to condense it, uh, fewer words and you know, so on. Um, Puneet is copying Lord of the Rings and is halfway through. That is amazing. You could stop right there and be feel accomplished. Um, Stephanie is copying Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, another lengthy one. Uh, Robot Porter is a professional writer who does drafts in fountain pen. Uh, so they get about 50,000 words in an A5 Clairefontaine and figures it would take about 12 such notebooks to copy out all of the Lord of the Rings, which huh. I gotta be honest, 12 A5s, that's not as many as I probably would have thought. You know, if you did an A4, that's twice that size. So theoretically, six A4s, 
in, in a Clairefont- Clairefontaine to do all of Lord of the Rings, that's respectable. So, I don't know. Hmm. Is, it, is, sure. an a, is an A4 twice the size of an A5? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so literally you take an A4 and you just, like, chop it in half. You know, here's an A5, or right? So this is an A5, number 16 Rhodia. Well, the number 18 Rhodia is an A4. It's literally just, like, turned sideways. You just take another one, put it up here, and... Well, here, I'll try and give a visual. I never knew that. I knew that. I thought I always thought that was just approximate. There you go. That's an A4. Wow. Nope. Huh. That's literally how it works. You can look up paper sizes on Wikipedia, and it has a whole chart that shows how they're all chopped down. And an A3 is two A4s put together, and A2 is two A3s to put together, and so that on. That makes way too much sense. It does make a lot of sense. But then there's, like, B sizes and C sizes, and stuff right. just gets crazy. And then you get into, like, American sizes, which don't make any sense. Exactly. But that, that, That's whatever. why it startles me. It's, it makes too much sense for my American brain. Exactly. All right, let's talk about new stuff because we have a whole bunch of new stuff to talk about. Uh, one of which, this is not new products per se, but it's an update on some pricing, which we don't always like super talk about because sometimes it just happens here and there. Popcorn. But this style. one is kind of a big deal. This is a big deal because uh, it's happening to Noodlers. So Noodlers has not undergone. I mean, they've they've done a price increase here and there on a certain product, but they've never done kind of a blanket price increase since we started carrying the brand like 10 years ago 11 years ago uh so they are doing that it is i can only imagine how much it pains nathan to have to raise any price ever for anything so clearly he had to think long and hard about this one but this is the way of the world right everything's harder with covid supplies are short and shipping times and everything is crazy but um so it's uh something you can check up on i mean i literally have every price here but the, the three ounce bottles of ink are going to go from between they're going to range between 14 and 22 dollars depending on which ink you're talking about right now they start around 1250 so it's like a dollar 50 increase there the four and a half ounce bottles are going to be 2050 on up to 27 the Neponset's going to be $84. The Boston Safety Pen's going to be $61.60, and so on and so forth. You can check on the website to see um, all of the prices. They'll go into effect on October 1st. Um, we're going to plan to put it up, you know, on social media. We might have an email or something like that that we put out. Um, but you should be able to see those prices soon. So if you want to save a couple of bucks, go ahead and get your Noodles order in sooner than later. That would be yeah, my and with suggestion. with Nathan, he is no doubt doing this because he does not want to compromise anything else with his actual products. For sure, for sure, he might be he might be able to stave this off a little bit longer if maybe he put less ink in the bottles or if he used different materials. Or, but yeah. he's not going to do that. Like, nah. he's his product has always come first, and he would yeah. sometimes rather stop making something entirely than to compromise its quality so which he has done before <laughs> i believe he has with some inks like the the um one ingredient you know became too expensive that he would have to raise it to a level he wasn't comfortable with so he's like okay cool not doing that anymore then yeah that's definitely happened or he's like reformulated an ink because of that because some dye component became unavailable or was too expensive do you remember the time drew this was a few years ago but the army green the well, Army Green's gone back and forth, but no, he he changed the bottles from oh, glass yeah. bottles to plastic. <laughs> I can't forget that. Like all the ink bottles. Uh, oh, from, my From glass God. to plastic, and we had to re-photograph everything. 
twice because it changed back to glass. God, that, that was a was, customer care nightmare. That, the amount of yeah. people that thought were that, asking for... thought that'd bring oh. back some good memories for you. And it was a rolling change, too. So it was not consistent across the whole brand. It was You didn't know what you were going to get. And each shipment that we would get would be mixed, and it would change back and forth. It was That was a blast. That was a blast. Oh nothing, my God. Knock on, you, nothing knock on Nathan, but that just goes... You know, he's, he's really, he's really oh, aiming for value. Very resourceful as well. Do you, do you still mm-hmm. have one of those bottles? I think you do. I think you kept one. Probably. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. I do. But it's I'll like, I mean, I... you can go in your medicine cabinet and grab any like white medicine bottle and that's, that's the bottle that it came in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's very it was like a Tylenol bottle. bottle. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, some other new things that we've got, uh, the Benu Briolette, um, one of the slightly smaller pens, faceted, this like very jewel, jewel looking pen. Um, it's going to have five new colors coming out for that, all with an ombre glitter, most of them glow in the dark component to it. You know, Benu, they're just unignorable. So there's going to be five new unignorable Briolettes that are going to be coming out <laughs> fairly soon. I'm pretty excited about those. Um, the Monteverde Regatta which is, you know, it's one of those love it or hate it kind of pens. It's, it's not like many other pens. Um, but they're going to have a mother of pearl in both white and a mother of pearl in black. I didn't even know legitimately that mother mother of pearl black was a thing. But it is. It comes from a different mollusk or something. Um, a different different shell. But it's, it's legit. It's, so it's got that same, like, iridescent kind of greenish reddish hint to it. But on, like, a black shell. It looks kind of cool in some of the pictures i haven't seen in person yet but uh that's going to be coming pretty soon right have you seen in person drew i have i well no no no, i haven't seen the black one uh i saw the i saw the white one the white one but the white one looks good though right i mean it's mother pearl that's gonna look good looks very good so that in black it's gonna look good so that's kind of cool i think those are gonna be limited edition not 100 percent sure i didn't pull all the facts on it but that's coming out um and then also relatively soon i'm not sure the exact date but we should be restocking on our sailor stealth green in pro gear the full size pro gear so that is an exclusive pen of ours we've had the slim because the the big one sold out first um we ordered more of the big one thank goodness we were able to get more and we should be getting that relatively soon so it's not out quite yet you haven't missed it but if you want it definitely jump on it because it might sell out quick again i think it took three days last time so it could take six months this time because everybody got it and they're like yeah this is old news now or it could be like this is everything i wanted i've been waiting for five months and you know it's snatched up in three hours i don't know have no idea but sign up for the email notification list on our product page for that so that you can be first in line that's what i got right We've also you, we've also got the Paniter Alchemist coming out soon. Now that mm. is a uh, interesting pen to say the very least. Uh, Paniter's <laughs> putting this out as their I guess they've had their ultra resin in the avatars and other things, but this resin is uh, a zeolite resin, which is being touted mm. as a very very. I mean, it is a very very unique material. So zeolite is a mineral formed when lava and water are combined. And he, they're getting it from, you know, you have to get it near a volcano. So this first color is called, uh, what was it, uh, what was it, uh, Kilauea blue, Kilo- which Kilauea is blue, yeah. Kilauea, yeah, that's a volcano. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just encourage anyone interested to go check out the product page because there is a lot here just to give you a, a taste of it. Um, zeolite properties are a cationic exchange capacity reversible dehydration and structural porosity from zeolite comes a natural remedy to protect and detoxify our organs from toxins that invade our body daily fight free radicals expel heavy metals and other harmful substances such as rat 
radionuclides, ammonium ions, zeolite maintains health and It's a lot. So wow. apparently zeolite is just a magical thing that you need to have in your life attached to a fountain pen. It's still a neat pen. It's got the beautiful quill nib that Peniter has on a lot of their nibs, so um, a lot of their pens. So check it out. It's an interesting material. It feels kind of like a soft rubber. It's a very soft grip. It's not hard or cold. It's uh, mm. supposed to be relatively porous and comfortable to hold for long periods of time. So it's definitely a new, interesting pen. And as far as I know, there's nothing else like it. So mm. wor- worth a look. Worth a look. Good old Dante. And He's always cooking up something new, huh? He certainly is. No exception here. I'm curious. And, to see how it, yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting when there's some material or something like that. It's not often you see like a completely new material come out in the pen world. I mean, I've never heard about this in any world, let alone the pen world. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very curious to see how everybody receives it once they. Yeah, I mean, we've it, touched it. We've seen it. We know a little bit about it. I don't understand any of the science behind it, but it seems cool. And, you know, it's got like you said, it's kind of got that like rubbery sort of feel to it. Um you know, that kind of like hygroscopic kind yeah. of thing that like Ebonite has and like the, you know, Visconti uh, lava resin has, but it feels a little softer than both of those. So it, it does. Yeah. yeah. That- Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So cool. that'll be out. Um, you can pick that one up as well as the Visconti Homo sapiens lava color in blue ultramarine so that is a new addition to an existing line so visconti decided to say let's do some more lava pens but put them out in color so they've had a red a kind of a sandyish brown and a white available Mm -hmm. and now there's a blue so perhaps saving the best for last though i'm not sure there will be um this may not be the last but it is a good looking blue it's got the magnetic closure like the other three did so it's not identical to the lava homo sapiens that's you know the more iconic version the black one mm-hmm. but um it does have their new in-house nib it's got the famous lava resin but in blue and the more i think of this brian the more i'm like Imagine if at, at like the height of the legend of the Homo sapiens, like by now hmm. we've seen several different iterations and versions of the Homo sapiens. Imagine sure. when there was just one, when there was just the Bronze Age Homo sapiens. Imagine mm-hmm. getting a blue one in. Like oh, now, yeah. yeah, now it's like okay, cool. Well, there's a blue one. There was a red one, but like I think about how big of a deal this would have been like six years ago, and blows my mind. Yeah, so. If you want to get excited about it, just pretend that it was a while ago and this is the only other Homo sapiens. Because inherently, a blue Homo sapiens sounds pretty freaking awesome. There's probably a lot of us who wouldn't mind going back six years ago. (laughs) No, 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 because that means 2020 is still ahead of you. Nobody wants that. Yeah, but you don't know it yet. You're (laughs) You're you're going to take the blue pill on that one? Yeah. Or the red pill? I don't know. Let's see, your archer would have still been in diapers back then, right? No, thank you. You would have been in the thick of it. Mm -mm. (laughs) God, do not want. Anyway, that about does it for new stuff. For new stuff. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the Q&A questions. We got some some pretty solid ones. No deep dives this week, all right? No deep dives. So we'll be able to, you know, answer things in a, in a, uh, I don't know. Don't make promises you can't keep, Mr. Goulet. Yeah, that's true. I can ramble on. I can deep (laughs) dive about anything if I need to, but I'll try not to. You want to take the first one, Drew? Uh, Sure. So Brett621 says, do snap caps, especially cheaper ones, wear Mm. out over time? Ooh, interesting. I mean, yes, over time. Everything wears out 
over time, right? <laughs> like it just happens, you know? Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying here, Brett. Uh, I would say if you're specifically comparing a snap cap to maybe another capping mechanism, you know, for example, the screw type, like that's the screw threads. That's the, I guess, more traditional, more, more common, maybe fountain pen capping, whatever layout configuration, whatever you want to call it, threading or, uh, what's the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're doing great. I'm all throwing off on, because I'm just looking keep, at different things and I keep on going, buddy. Am. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> nailing it. Um, so yeah, I would say that that generally speaking, it's not going to have the same durability that a screw thread would. I think the screw thread is the tried and true, traditional, you know, tested over time for decades and decades and decades um, capping capping system for uh, a fountain pen. Um, doesn't mean that. Uh, a snap cap won't last that long um, but i think a lot of it's going to depend on how the pen is treated how it's carried around how often you're using it um, you know a snap cap the snapping is essentially there's some sort of pressure based friction based configuration inside that cap and when you are snapping it you are adding pressure and then releasing that pressure very quickly you know, you're overcoming some resistance and then it's letting go, but you're past that point of resistance and that's what's keeping the cap on. I'm explaining this in a super oversimplified way, but, you know, theoretically over time, the pressure and the friction from snapping it like that may loosen that up a little bit. It's going to be a gradual thing over time. You know, it might be the kind of thing like it may have been okay to carry around in your pocket, but over time the the pen might come uncapped a little bit every now and then in certain situations. So I think it's something just to kind of be aware of. I don't think that most, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like snap caps are generally for lower priced pens, for lighter body, lower priced pens. You know, think about like the Platinum Preppy and things like that. Pilot Explorer, you know, Pilot Kakuno, uh, Twisby Go, you know, these types of things. Um, well, like your Lamy, Safaris, All-Stars, these types, types of things. But then again, you got a snap cap on the Lamy 2000, and you've got, you know, like the Magnetic. Well, the Magnetic, I wouldn't really consider that a snap cap. That's kind of different, right? Yeah, that, that's I, I not gonna, I You can't wear out a magnet, really. No, that, I mean, over time, a magnet will wear <laughs> A magnet will wear out. Once the earth, like, you know, explodes or whatever, melts from the sun exploding, um, that magnet's not going to be good anymore. But, yeah, generally speaking, I think what you're referring to is, like, the traditional, like, plasticky snap cap thing. So mm-hmm. I think, yes, in general it will, but I don't know. Maybe you feel differently, Drew. I don't feel like we hear about this happening a lot. Every now and then we definitely hear about it from some people. But yeah. it's not like it's a such a frequent thing that it's really, really a problem. No, this is my first fountain pen. Um, this is the pen that I got when Brian was like, hey, I'll give you a fountain pen of your choice as long as it's reasonably priced. You work here now. You should write with a fountain pen. <laughs> and so I was like, it's, okay. It's blue. How about, yeah, go how figure. About, how, about, how about this one? And, um, <laughs> and so this is the first fountain pen I picked. It was uh, with a 1.1 nib. So nice. I've been using this for over 10 years now. And not I have other pens. This has not been an everyday pen for me. But yeah. I ha- it has gotten a lot of use. And the cap seems like it's the same as all of my other Lamy All-Stars. I would wager that if you decided to use a pen like this or any other you know, more affordable snap cap fountain pen for a long enough time where you would even approach the possibility of having a cap wear out, 
something else in this pen is probably going to break before you cannot use the cap anymore. Like you've got nib issues. You've got, you'll you'll lose the pen altogether. Yeah. You'll lose (laughs) the pen. You'll the feed will have an issue. You'll clean the thing and get the feed stuck in there and and then all game over, dude. But, uh, I think that it would take a really long time and you'd have to make this thing a heavy duty daily writer for it to wear out, uh, to the point where it just no longer caps. So I'd, I'd say something else would probably break before the cap would wear out. Yeah, I think it's like something maybe to keep in mind, but not something that I would necessarily shy away from a pen just because of that. But maybe if you're like totally on the fence between two different pens and it's that aspect that may make the difference for you, maybe don't get the snap cap. But I'll also say like the convenience of a snap cap to me is worth it. Yeah. It's, wor- it's worth the risk. One-handed. Nice. All right, this next question is from Holly Basuik. Is it a crime... Is it a crime to buy two identical pens in different colors and mix and match pieces? Is it a crime? No. I mean, I don't know where anybody might be locally watching this. I'm not sure of the legal jurisdiction which you may currently reside. Mm. But I'm not aware currently of it being against any law to mix and match pieces of a pen. But if you're speaking metaphorically of a crime, um, no. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is for some people, right? Like, just like some people, they couldn't imagine you writing with any color but black. And other people, they couldn't imagine you writing with any color that mismatches the pen that you're writing with. Um, everybody's going to have opinions, but I think it's do whatever the heck you want, you know? I think especially if um, you're talking pens where the pieces themselves are identical. Like, for example, you have a, whatever, all-star, like Drew has there. If you have a blue all-star and you have a black all-star, I don't know why he's blue and black, but so you want to mix the caps. You want to have one with a blue blue cap and a black body and one with a black cap and a blue body. Go for it. Just switch them and be on your way. Do whatever makes you happy. If you're talking about actually switching parts, like Franken-penning something together that's not meant to be married together, then I wouldn't say it's a crime, but I would say you're taking the warranty into your own hands when you do that. If you're swapping nibs and, well, look at this, Drew. I am now in love with my Neapolitan ice cream all-star. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> look at the strawberry good. chocolate. <gasps> that, mm. is, that is magical. Okay, here. What about <laughs> petrol and vibrant uh, or the, the, the what is that? purple? Is that dark violet? Dark violet, eh, not so dark, much this Dark one. lilac, dark lilac. That, that one's okay. All right, what about blue and red? I say, <laughs> let's get this. Like, do this as much as you want, because this is nice. fun. Uh, I don't know if you remember, if you do, if you have one of the uh, um, blue-green all-stars and an mm-hmm. orange all-star, you can make a carrot pen. Ooh. Because it's orange in the bottom, green on top. Nice. It's a carrot pen. It's amazing. That's so, fun. I am all for it. In fact, there are probably, oh my God, this though. Seriously, can we can we can we just like they did they did that U.S. exclusive safari? Can we can we do a Goulet exclusive brown and pink pen, Brian? Come on now, look at this. This is magical. I mean, if we buy enough of them, we can just make it happen. <laughs> I'll buy. I'll, I'll buy. We, we wouldn't have their graces to do that, but we could. You know, uh, we could do um, it once. <laughs> but but I would totally yeah yeah absolutely go for it. In fact, there are some pens out there that I think work really well with this. The All Star is definitely one of them. 
they look great. Yeah. The new Esterbrook JR in their Paradise mm. series would work really great for those because they already have those two-tone mm. uh, finials, Brian. Like yeah. you know, yeah. and, and so that is an ideal candidate. And then sure. um, let's see what else we got here. I think that uh, um, oh, uh, the, yeah, the Caveco Sports would be a perfect thing. So oh, yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah, go nuts. In fact, if you have one that you've already done that with, because I know that we're not alone here if anybody out there has done one that they really really like or has any recommendations mm. something that might top the carrot pen please let me know because <laughs> I, I, i'm into this i'm super into this uh the one that you did for me one time drew was the lami 2000 you took the what did you do you took the grip from the regular macrolon the the whatever that lami 2000 it's not macrolon technically the polycarbonate there we go yeah yeah and you put that on the was it on the metal body i can't remember what you did you did something where you mixed up a lamy 2000 and it looked really sharp oh you that's what right it was? yeah it was, the stain, it was this it was this the stainless steel 2000 um i can't remember I, how you configured it i have a picture of it somewhere i'll try and post yeah it if we that can, was that was pretty sharp i, I that like that as sharp. well yeah. yeah, and I was I was like I talked to our Lamy powers that be, and I was like, "Can we make this happen?" I mean, it's totally not, I'm sure, but I ever, think it was possible, maybe. Yeah, maybe I think can... it was the. Um, yeah, I think that it, it had the stainless steel um, cap. We'll, we'll, we'll have the picture and we'll post yeah. it, <laughs> so we don't yeah, have to you, actually remember it. But yeah, if you can, if cool. you can, if you can find that. Yeah, but I mean, by all means, if you want to mix and match your colors, like go for it. If you want a Franken pen and actually like jam parts together that are not necessarily meant to be together it's not a crime it's your pen you own it you can do whatever you want with it but just realize you're taking the warranty into your own hands and it helps to know what you're doing and just understand that risk if you're going to do it but with great risk comes great reward so you Ah. may find some configuration of something you absolutely fortune favors the bold that's indeed yes indeed so there you go that's what i have to say about that all right Next up, ba-boom, Alrighty. Okay, okay, here we go. So, here's an interesting one, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Char- Charpentier Jose says, how is your relationship with other pen retailers? Friendly or competitive? Mm. Mm. This, is the, this is the clickbait we had at the beginning of the <laughs> intro here. <laughs> yes. yes. Number, four, number 14 will shock you. Oh, man, so much drama. Yeah. Um, it was a total clickbait intro. There's really not <laughs> much drama that happens no. behind the scenes. To Quite be honest the opposite. With you. Yeah, I mean, if you're into the fountain pen scene, you would know if there was drama, like, because you would see it happening. I mean, you go to almost any other industry and you see drama happening all over the place. In fact, there's many, many businesses, many industries where they just literally manufacture drama just to get people's attention. You know, um, think like actors and actresses and musicians and having like celebrity feuds and stuff like that. Most of that's completely fabricated. Um, That's hyperbole. I don't know if that's actually true, but I believe it is. Um, So I'm a big fan of the ideology of the rising tide raises all ships. So I think in a niche industry like fountain pens, basically any thing that any retailer is doing to positively talk about, promote, share, inspire the use of fountain pens is going to help everybody in the fountain pen community. Because let's be honest, fountain pens specifically, but really all writing instruments uh, pretty much fall into the... A place where you're more at risk of 
obscurity than you are like direct competition and being stomped out by some competitor. So really our biggest concern, I would say, is not so much what the other retailers are doing. It's more about just people stopping writing and not caring about fountain pens and not even being interested in them at all. So um, where I'm coming from is like, I don't really get jealous when I see other people sharing good stuff or they have some cool new exclusive or they put out a great video or whatever it is. I'm like, cool. I mean, a little bit of me is like, oh man, I had that idea and I wanted to do it and they did it first and, you know, good for them. Like good for them. They got to it first. Like they're, you know, but I, I harbor no resentment of any kind, but it's, it's really like, oh good. Like that information is now out there helping more people. They have a different audience. They have a different focus. They are going to reach people that maybe I wouldn't have reached. Great. Now that is going to, you know, maybe inspire some people, bring more people into our little world. So um, that's, I think that's mainly the overall theme in the fountain pen world. Um, I would say there's probably some, some friendly competition for sure. You know, we are making our livelihoods and supporting our families, you know, by doing this, we commit the majority of our waking hours to, to this, to this career, you know, so me and our team, you know, we're definitely invested in succeeding and doing well and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know that it ever really comes at the expense of anybody else. So there's not really that, you know, um, let me grab that piece of the pie or, you know, somebody else is going to get it kind of, kind of mentality. That's, that's not really what it's about. Um, there might be some like, frenemy type vibes that happen just from like you know it's people and you might get some clash of personalities and especially i think like at pen shows and drew you've been to a bunch of pen shows you know when you are at a table and you're standing there all day and you're tired and like you literally have customers going back and forth like pitting you price warring you against somebody else who's across the room which which we've never done so we don't like we don't know for sure but you can imagine well, no it 100 percent happens i mean yeah I've, I've observed it happening you know what i mean um not from selling myself but uh, well actually that's not true when we did the dc pen show in 2010 rachel and i worked a table and it was happening then you know people would come and be like so and so over there has it for x price and you're like well then friggin walk over there and buy for that price <laughs> or okay fine i'll match that price and then it's like that happens enough back and forth and you're like all right come on you know so i could imagine like a little bit of that but that's not like a deep-rooted thing that's just like an incon- inconvenience yeah. or whatever um but i think there's a lot of a lot of respect that people have for each other. In fact, it, what I found for myself and probably for many others, I can't speak for other retailers where they're coming from. For me, I've, you know, there's that natural inclination of like, I don't know them. Yes, they're a competitor, so to speak. But like, if I don't know them at all, I'm a little, I don't know, I'll call it leery or maybe apprehensive. You know, I'm not going to like pour up my guts to them. But the more that I've found that basically, no matter whose situation or what I may observe from afar, once I actually like, get to know them, kind of get an introduction, you know, even if it's just like over social media or something, I find that basically everybody that's in this industry is super passionate about what they do. You know, pretty much everybody either has some sort of like multi-generational family legacy, either on the manufacturing or retailing side, where it's like deep rooted into part of who they are in their family, or like us, we don't have that legacy part, but we have that newfound like passion and drive to grow and in that newfound discovery. You're going to have like kind of one of those two that's going to happen in pretty much the entire industry through and through. And so 
that right there makes it to where everybody involved is really just they love what they do they're very passionate they're really willing to help each other i mean you know drew we've had we've had times where we've had some limited edition pen and it's you know there's no more available to distributor some other retailer you know has a customer who wants to buy one and they call us up and they're like look i can't get any more you know, if y'all don't have this one committed, can you, can you, you know, sell it at cost to us and we'll sell it to this customer. We've done that before. You know, we've had other times where we've had a big launch and we've been completely out of converters for the pen that that is. And we'll reach out to another retailer, you know, who maybe has overstock, you know, so that, that stuff doesn't happen super often, but it's happened enough times where you, you know, it's, it's not completely unusual or we might warn each other about like some scam ring that's happening or some person that's trying to, you know, um, um, get a bunch of high-end pens or, or something like that or somebody steals oh this happens i know you drew when like, people have like gotten something stolen at a pen show and everybody's like sharing it on their instagram trying to just get the word out like that kind of stuff doesn't really happen in most other industries you know that's really a close-knit thing it's it's just makes it it's just such a special place this little fountain pen community that we have even like through the through the supply chain side like where there's money involved and you would think that maybe things are a little more businessy and cutthroat and all that it's really it's really not that dramatic it's everybody's quite friendly and you know i think you can feel pretty good knowing that when you're supporting you know with financially supporting people in the fountain pen you know industry you're supporting just a lot of really good passionate people just kind of as a whole i can't necessarily speak for everybody but it's pretty much my experience that's definitely more the norm Absolutely. And every time I have had the opportunity to meet a retailer face to face at a pen show or someplace, it has been a true delight, just a delight. And in the same way that if you go to a pen show and you finally meet, like, let's say that you've been using fountain pens for years and you finally get to meet somebody who also has been using fountain pens for years and it's your first time, you're like, oh my gosh, you love fountain pens too. It's the same thing. When you meet another person that sells fountain pens for a living, you instantly have a crazy unique thing in common like it's one thing to both like fountain pens it's a completely other thing to say you and i both work for a fountain pen store like seriously how many people (laughs) in the world could say that like so when you connect with somebody else that has that in common at a pen show it's like it's really amazing because like brian said everybody's so passionate about it and it's just a really really awesome really unique really rare connection to make with somebody and it's just that i mean connections is one of the things that makes the fountain pen community so magical and wonderful and delightful i couldn't agree with you more (laughs) awesome all right very cool next session we have is from planners and found fountain pens planners and fountain pens got cut off um halloween not general fall pen and ink color recommendations question mark i like this one and so, uh, so, so yeah. first off, we did just release a beautiful, beautiful spread of imagery that includes fall favorites. So if you are in the mood for fall sort of products, we do have that mm-hmm. available for you on our website. It's on the front page now if you want to go check that out. But for Halloween specifically, we want to go with a little bit more of a spooky vibe, less of a seasonal cozy uh, pumpkin spice-esque vibe. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously the low hanging fruit would be to pair something black with something orange. And, um, if you wanted to go with the orange arrow, the one that Brian used, um, last time, the diplomat arrow, that one does have a black, uh, 
that's a lighter black or a darker gray grip section, but it is orange and black, so that's mm -hmm. a good option. Also yeah. in that same vein, if you can get your hands on it, the Diplomat Elox is a beautiful black and orange pen. A little rare because it's been popular than uh, most people thought it would be, but if you can get your hands yeah. on that, that's a great pick as well. Mm -hmm. um, in the newer Banus, the Talisman model has a color a variation colorway called foxglove which is mm. orange and black and that one is a stunner that is one of the best of the bunch that one and the uh the dragon's blood one are really really awesome but i think foxglove is the best that would be a perfect halloween pen mm. and uh or you could just kind of go with a black pen matte black vanishing point something kind of sleek and dark with a spooky ink um i thought of a couple one of my favorites that uh, doesn't get a lot of press is noodler's nightshade it's a mm. deep dark reddish burgundy with a pretty cool name um definitely some some uh, halloween vibes there i think it's a really great ink it's fun to write with as well or you could go with something like more uh spectral like ghost like and um i think that my two favorite sailor uh ink studio inks Thunderfluff and Rainfluff are good options because they have that really cool kind of halo situation going on where they go on this gray purple and then they have this kind of funky greenish highlight. It's kind of spooky, kind of ghost-like, right? Now, some people might call them Ink Studio 123 and 224, but being as 123 is a little bit lighter, that's Rainfluff. And 224 is a little bit darker, Thunderfluff. These are unofficial names, of course, that Drew's come up with. <laughs> so far, they're unofficial, Brian. Well, we'll see. We'll see if Sailor adopts them, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Nightshade, that sounds like some sort of like Marvel superhero supervillain. Is there nightshade. a Nightshade? That's, that, Probably. That's got to be. There's got to be. There's like thousands of wacky superhero villain types, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, if there's Polka Dot Man... And Calendar Man, there's probably a nightshade. Calendar Man? Calendar Man, yeah, he's a uh, he's a serial killer. Wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He's from, he's from Batman. He's got Yikes. the months of the year tattooed on his around his scalp. Wow, that's oddly specific. He's serious business, man. Don't want to mess with wow. him. Wow. Okay. He's creepy. I feel like it sounds like a Mad Lib where you just like something man and you're just like making up random words calendar oh there there's there, there are some i mean dc has been making comics since like you know the 30s so oh uh, yeah the there's late 30s them. so yeah you, you can get some wacky villains for sure fair enough um yeah these are great suggestions drew i have some different ones to kind of throw in the mix um well the most obvious one is you can just go with almost any rhodia pad because orange and black is their color scheme and has been since the 30s i think so yeah basically any rhodia pad would do um if you're going for a paper thing uh, i think the diplomat magnum orange demo which i happen to have right here actually mm. that's got a nice kind of pure orange vibe i think that could work put some black ink in there very much a halloween pen or you could mix and match it if you had a black you know magnum you could swap the parts if you don't you know if you aren't afraid of getting arrested but um the conklin duragraph and amber that's just a great looking pen anyway but it's very much like a translucent orange with some black mm. kind of threads throughout it that's our most popular um duragraph like regularly offered duragraph color uh, also some good ink colors you got me thinking drew uh diamine oxblood obviously that one's kind of a given diamond writer's blood too could kind of fit in there and diamond pumpkin 
I mean, that's just a great fall color anyway. It's one of my favorite oranges, actually. Just a great color. Does get some crustification on it from time to time, but that's okay. You just wipe it off and it doesn't hurt anything. And then I was like, isn't there an Edgar Allan Poe ink? And yes, there is from Diatra Menace, but it's green. So I don't know, like pumpkin stem, maybe? It doesn't maybe really fit with the Halloween vibe, but certainly Edgar Allan Poe, like you know, could be, could be thought of, but maybe you can just keep the bottle out on your desk and you can look at Poe's face and maybe just not write with the ink because then it would be green and that doesn't really scream Halloween to me. But still. I, guess, I think Poe would be good if you're feeling kind of, you're feeling kind of a spooky Halloween vibe, but it's not yet Halloween. You can always rely on Mr. Poe to oh, yeah. oh, give, yeah. give, give you some, uh, he'll get you there. He'll darken you up. Yeah. Add, add some melancholy to your yeah. writing. Absolutely. If you're feeling good at all, just yeah, get some Poe in there, and he'll he'll sink you right down, sink you right down to the bottom. <laughs> all right, Drew. Last question here. What do you got? All right. So RMCL underscore says, "What is your mm. favorite nib design scroll work? Any pet peeves in this regard?" Hmm. Scroll work pet peeves. Yeah. What's your favorite nib design, Brian? Let's 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 start off with that. Um. I mean, I I think all nibs are beautiful. Oh God! Um, no, nah, Every, everything will fall apart over time. I mean, give it enough time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, I mean, I I've some that you know I don't have any that I'm like infatuated with, but I certainly have some that I'm like, oh yeah, this is this really stands out. Um, I definitely love the Namiki uh, Makie. Well, not Makie necessarily, but th- they're limited edition nibs that they have. That's got the Mount Fuji design yeah. on it. I really like that. It's, it's mm. too, t- most of them are two tone, not necessarily all of them. Um, especially on the bigger ones. Like if you have it like the Yukari Royale, um, but I, you know, even the, on the Yukari, it looks pretty good. Just that Mount yeah. Fuji on there. It's, it's because of the symbology and what it means and all that. And, um, I had the great fortune of actually getting to see Mount Fuji in real life. And it's, it's definitely like, I get it. Like there's, it's, it's no wonder they consider it a holy mountain. It is like just very, very present in Japan. And, and just, those nibs have a really cool. cool little breather hole too. It's kind of mm-hmm. uh, like a squared, a vertical squared circle. You know, it's not a perfect circle. It's kind of like yeah, a little yeah. longer. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those ones are really cool. The Pelican M1000 nib is pretty great. It's got that pelican bird on it of course but then just the scroll pattern on and because that nib that nib in particular is just so big you just i feel like you really the detail really stands out and it just looks really crisp uh so that one is quite luscious those those big nibs are just such a great canvas for the imprint yeah yep i agree um I'm not, I I guess, pet peeves. I don't know, like nothing crazy. But you know how sometimes if you have a two-tone nib, um, because of the way that they have to make the two-tone, you basically have to take the nib, plate it, and then, you know, you're like taping off the parts that you don't want to plate. It's it's a lot of handwork to to do a two-tone nib, which is actually why you don't see quite so many of them anymore it's it's yeah. kind of a, it's becoming more of a lost art um but i'm not a big fan of the the two-tone nib where like the tape wasn't like spot on and the the gold will kind of like spill over across the like indent and it's so it's like you can tell it's sort of like you colored outside the lines a little bit you know th- there may be varying degrees of what would be considered a defect in there and usually it's pretty particular because we're looking at these things you know often pretty closely but you know so that i'm not i'm not like super in love with but i I mean it doesn't like ruin the pen experience for me i'm just like oh no okay um 
and then I have another one that was, I don't want to steal your thunder because you wrote something and I was going to react to it. So I'll hold my thoughts on my last bullet point and let you go on about yours because I want to see where you're going to take it. The first one that comes to mind is the Paniter Quill Nib. I love the imprint on that. They don't waste any space on that nib. It's got, mm. I, I like to have an outline, like some sort of a border to kind of contain whatever you put in the middle. So I do like mm. borders. Um and then, uh, you know, obviously some stuff in the middle. But the Paniter Quill nib, I think, is a beautiful, beautiful nib. Not just because of the imprint. I admit that there is a the sleekness and how narrow it is. I really, mm-hmm. really like that. So it's a combination of the imprint and how narrow it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Diplomat two-tone nib, but like you said, it's it's getting more rare. Like, honestly, I think we might, we might even have one pen that has the gold Diplomat two-tone nib on it. But yeah. that looks really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the Vis- sorry, not Visconti, Twisby Vac 700R Iris, the one where they did that rainbow uh, thing on the just the top of the nib. There have been pens that have like the whole nib rainbow, but I mm-hmm. love the fact that Twisby just did it on the top there. And Twisby actually has a pretty good imprint too. Mm-hmm. That one I really, really love. I was really psyched when I finally got my hands on an Iris. I hope they do that nib, you know, on some other models in the future. That would be really, really exciting for me. Yeah. Um, what I, as far as pet peeves go, I do like symmetry. Like I said, I like the border. So I, 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 I would like the nib to have, you know, a border along the edge and then stuff in the middle. Um, if it has no border and then just stuff in the middle, it's okay. If it's like one precise, you know, boop logo, like, you know, the Edison or the Goulet thing in the middle, that that's, that's fine. But if it's like, you know, three things and they're not symmetrical or centered and there's no border then that that's just chaos and i i don't i will not abide by that that, that is that is upsetting and and no thank you no i or like the uh the noodlers nibs where it's like just the noodlers is like written oh oh no like don't talk long to me. ways on one don't, of the times. oh god no stop it stop it i forgot about that one no <laughs> no 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 i do love the noodlers nibs they're fun they're resilient i can abuse them and they go right back but yeah, that imprint the, is upsetting. You're not you're not buying it for the scroll work on the. No, nib. absolutely not. A, U, a noodler's pen is a utility for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's like it's like buying a paintbrush. You know, you don't really you don't need a pretty paintbrush. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I need I need I need some symmetry. I need I need it. To, okay, so what about like the I don't know the M1000? Like I mean, I guess there's symmetry there except for the logo. Which if you're okay with like a centered logo on the nib, yeah, you're okay. But with if, that, if, you, if you if you have symmetry. like a pattern on your nib, like mm. I've seen I've seen like snowflakes on a nib before, like boop 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 boop, and no border. Um, I'm like, no no, you stop that. That that is <laughs> that is chaos and madness and. You have no. such oddly specific taste sometimes. Yeah, see, I'm not really bothered by that. I guess. Well, I only I get bothered by stupid, pointless you know mm. inconsequential things in my life that's you know. true that's true the world could by could be burning i'm like all right well there's nothing we can do about that but yet you mess with my nib symmetry then i'm gonna i'm gonna that's right that's when you'll talk start to a therapist that's when you'll start commenting on every single video of somebody talking about how it's a bunch of nonsense he's, it's fake <laughs> <laughs> disingenuous wow yep yeah, I, I don't really need the symmetry. Okay, so how do you feel about the uh, like the Namiki, the Mountain Fuji? Because that's not symmetrical. It the it, it it is in a way. You know, it it no. you have one no. continuous. The, the the mountain goes up goes off both sides. And I appreciate no, it's, that. It's, it's it's. I mean, yeah, okay. It's not like wildly, you know, asymmetric, but it's not yeah. symmetrical. It's not symmetrical. Or how do you feel about like a 
like an anniversary nib, like the Pilot 100th anniversary where it's like a 100 on the nib. Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. It's not gonna be my, it's not gonna be my favorite. Okay. Not gonna be my favorite. Fair enough, fair enough. Because a bunch, of, a bunch of companies have done that. Like I know Mont Blanc is kind of famous for that. They do a lot of years on a lot of their. I actually, I actually, ones. I own the ninetieth, ninetieth uh, anniversary one forty nine by Mont Blanc. Oh well, look at you then. I Aren't like you special. I, I do like that nib. I do mm-hmm. like that nib. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> what does that mean? Fake. I just I don't. don't want, I just don't want. <laughs> I know. I'm a pose, I'm a total poser. Um, I just don't want like a scattered design. I guess. I want okay. it to be. Mm. I don't know. I know it. I know it when I don't like it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's for sure. Can't blame me for that. I guess. <laughs> or I can. Whatever. It's fine. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for the Q and A there. Uh, yeah, thank you, fun. everybody, for writing the questions in. Um, next segment we have is hypothetical. Drew, do you have a hypothetical? Because I did not touch <laughs> base with you do. on this one. I do. I definitely do. And I actually have two. And I'm a little bothered that I, oh. I don't know which one to pick. So I'm just going to pick one. We'll save the next one for next week. Okay. Um. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Brian, hmm. you've been spending some time at home recently, haven't you? Uh, I'm familiar with my home. Yes. <laughs> no stranger to it at this point. Especially in the last, uh, two years. You, you, you've been, yes. uh, somewhat on house arrest, um, thanks to this <laughs> pandemic. So, um, I wanted to know. It's because I, I swapped the parts of my pens I got put on. House arrest. Oh yeah, that's 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 illegal. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> this is a this is a would you rather, Brian? Okay. Would you rather have your house and your immediate property, including your yard and your driveway, always neat, clean, pristine, hmm. full of debris, perfect? Or so hmm. this includes no trees falling in your driveway, your grass is hmm. always cut, your weeds are always gone. You're the so mulch. You're talking, you're talking like the like the outside property, not like inside and, and the inside house? and inside. Carpet's Ooh. always clean. Nothing will stain your carpet. Nothing will scuff your hardwood. That's your pretty mul- compelling. The mulch around the the mulch around the kids' play area is always fresh and clean and nice. All right, you're gonna have to you're, you're gonna have to have something really great for the next part of this because <laughs> this is all sounding pretty good. Okay, here's the next part. Hmm. The or your house, the actual um, the appliances and the core important elements of your house are invincible and unbreakable meaning your appliances last forever no Mm. plumbing ever fails ever leaks you never lose power your roof is impenetrable Mm. like no natural weather-related events will have any adverse effects on your home's physical Mm. nature at all Um, your hvac system will always work flawless perfectly pumping out the hot the cool air wherever Mm. you want it um and uh yeah essentially the the uh kind of the core functioning elements of your home are wow. invincible and um would never need to be replaced or upkept in any so way so basically would i rather be responsible for caring for like, it's basically the, it's, the it's maintenance that, like superficial aspects of the yes. cleanliness of the home or like the the guts of the home like the yeah. the big stuff mm-hmm. oh boy that's tough that's tough mm. i really don't love the like sweeping vacuuming just like the regular stuff you know getting the crumbs off the counter and all that mess mm-hmm. that's really annoying to me um 
I kind of like working on the big projects though. Like I kind of don't hate it when trees fall down because I get to throw in my chaps and grab my chainsaw and go play lumberjack for a bit. So I, I really don't hate that. Um, but you do spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah, I do. But so if you added up all your time a year, mm. you're out there doing mulch and cutting the grass and stuff like that. Like that's that's. <sighs> See, I would argue that I spend more of my total time mm. inside the house, like picking up crap and sweeping and, and all that mess. Like just because, well, I I'm kind of messy, and my I have two kids that are also kind of messy, so mm, kind of picking up a lot around the house. All right, I think I so... would. You're choosing. You're choosing to have invincible core functionality. No, I think I would go the opposite. I would have all the superficial kind of maintenance stuff taken care of. But that I, that, that I includes like, that includes the outside stuff. Oh, see, I like doing that stuff though. No, well, it's one or the other. I like doing it when I want to do it. Mm. So I would have that. I would have that taken care of as a baseline, and then just do like new projects like if i want to do like a paver patio like i would want to put that in myself because i think that would be fun and cool. i would get to buy tools yeah um, and i know you have i know you have trails in the in the in the woods as well yeah, those yeah. those would always be maintained you would need to get out there and get poison ivy everywhere yeah yeah see i like cutting the trails but like maintaining no more yellow jackets poison oak Ooh, if i could just not have yellow jackets like can we just change this to that take all of that other stuff and then just like not have yellow jackets and poison <laughs> ivy, I would choose that and I would take care of everything else. Yeah, because that's right. kind of annoying. So, you, so you're going superficial and you're still going to need to I'll handle... I superficial and I would handle all the big stuff. Okay. Assuming that like, it doesn't mean the house is like crappy and going to fall apart. Like assuming no, the house re- re- is what it house, is. Regular house, you know, your, yeah. your washer and dryer is going to last, you know, like 12 years max. Yeah, I can replace yeah. a washer and dryer and a hot water heater and stuff every decade. But and you then, also... And then not but, have to vacuum my house like ever again? Yes, please. Right, I but you're also that. leaving yourself vulnerable to like a total like plumbing disaster or like, you know, yeah, water I collection would, or some foundation issue. Well, right now, my house inside is an absolute disaster guaranteed. So... Yeah, I would take the risk. I would choose the superficial stuff. And awesome. I would take care, okay. I'd, take, I'd take care of the guts. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I like projects. I like project work. I'm not big on maintenance work. I like big projects I can wrap my head around and take a half day or a day on the weekend and just get all into it. You get the tools out. You know, you're in that mode. You know, you're like working on stuff and everybody's interrupting you and you get to be all upset and you're like the dad in a Christmas story where you're like, Razzle, 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 Razzle. <laughs> You know, I, I dig that. I, I I like I like doing that. All right, very good. I, I would pick the opposite. <laughs> well, there you go. Yep. I, I, then, I, I, then we should move in together, Drew, and neither of us would have to do anything. <laughs> I just I've had so many appliance issues, and mm. I, my 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 crawl space needs to be re insulated. And oh my oh, god, yeah, That's I just no fun. I give me a vacuum over a crawl space any day. Mm. please oh my god no no yeah no. yeah i'm with you I've i done... don't like cl- cleaning gutters oh god no mm. yeah i hate cutting grass none of that no keep me inside just keep me inside <laughs> you just really don't want to be outside that's basically all it is i mean there's that too but all right cool well there you go well i've got one ready for next week as well <laughs> nice all right well i'm looking forward to that so what about you invincible house at its core function or mm. aesthetically pleasing at all times there you go. Let us know in the comments. Mm-hmm. All right, Drew, we've been carrying around a pen for the last eh, week, a little less than a week, maybe. Uh, Pilot Explorer. 
So we each chose a different explorer. You have one version, I have another. I have the older one, I have the original. Um, I have the uh, turquoise, which is a, it's a plastic pen, but it's got like a metallic looking finish to it. You have the clear explorer, which is new. What do you think, Drew, after you've been carrying this thing around? Well, I've got a bit of a bombshell to drop on you, Brian. Do you? I do. Okay. So the first thing I did, I was like, you know what? Let me choose which pen I'm going to take. Let me choose the clear so mm. that I can eyedropper it. Okay. Because Brian told me that I could. Uh-oh. <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did I lead you astray? <laughs> yes. Yes, oh, you no. did, Brian. Oh, no. It poured all out the back of this pen oh my gosh all midway blue all over my desk all over oh, my hands geez. it was chaos Whoops. so don't eyedropper this pen i guess we learned um, something this I, I think that sometimes it can work and sometimes it doesn't so yeah, apparently brian got like, i don't know maybe the, yeah either i tested it and it worked fine and that was a fluke or Maybe they changed the design on the new ones or something. Yeah. I don't know. So it's got this black plug, um, and uh, yeah. yeah, stuff stuff just comes right out of there. So oh, I was gosh. thinking, hey, this could be a cool pen to eyedropper. But uh, yeah, don't do not do it. So, yeah, um, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, all is well. Dang it. I wish I'd seen that. That would have been so good. Oh, I recorded it. Oh, you did? I did. I have a video. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe put it up on the, uh, we can on the insert, podcast. Insert it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was, it was a steady drip, steady drip. Wow. So I opted for, because I knew the big homie, Brian Goulet was going to go with a con 70. So I was like, let me go with the included con B converter. There you go. So, um, it's a good one. I like that little con B. It's like a little sleeper. Yeah. It worked just fine. Now, as much as I don't want to give the con 70 credit, I will say the con B in this lovely demonstrator is ugly. It it's an ugly so converter no it's yeah. an ugly converter mm. it's got it's just it's just like a rubber sack it's not pretty yeah I, i'm 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 a little offended by it so mm. yeah i did put a um con 70 in here and not only is it more attractive but the explorer is a lighter weight pen especially mm. compared to the metro which it's going to get compared to the metro it's right in that same sure. price range the metro is super popular this pen, by comparison, feels plasticky because it's plastic, and then Metro is aluminum. It's yeah. brass. Um, but if you put the Con 70 in there, it does have this metal back part to it, so it kind of gives you a nicer a balance. Hmm. It does. It does. Hmm. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. Hmm. <sighs> so what you're saying is that the Con 70 is a superior filling mechanism. Then. I didn't say filling mechanism because filling it is still not ideal but you're comparing it to this rubbery monstrosity or <laughs> the ineffectiveness that is the con 40 so mm. yes uh, between the two of those it is or, or you could refill a cartridge with an ink syringe that's another option w- which is another option but the the clarity on those is all kind of cloudy it's not yeah, pretty. They're, they're not the so, most attractive looking no so if either. you're gonna go with a clear like i did the con 70 is the way i would choose to go yeah it is <sighs> anyway the actual <laughs> pen wrote fantastic i inked it up with um thunder fluff um <laughs> sailor ink studio 224 so uh, nice. I was what, uh what nib size did you have on this thing um this is a fine Ooh, i and, have a medium so we'll get to talk about that um i did post it most of the time unless okay. like unless i was like 
just taking a note, I literally kept it in my other hand while I jotted, yeah. you know, I, yeah. it did stay posted the entire time. And again, yeah. as a lighter weight pen, I appreciate that back weight. I think that it just makes the pen feel a little bit more comfortable in my hand. If you're not a big fan of the really, really lightweight pens, which this is, this helps a lot. Yeah. So I really love the clarity on the clear, uh, on the demonstrator version of this. I think it is beautiful as far as you know the clarity goes the cap sensation is magnificent it pops just the way you would expect Mm. you know a metro or any other they've really got the capping nailed down in this price range for the the amount of money that you're spending really nice capping it didn't dry out at all the clip is nice it's pretty rigid but um Mm -hmm. it is metal so it does it does hold up really really well and um yeah, uh, I've got no complaints. It writes just like a Metro or a Kakuno huh. or any of the other ones. You're dealing with the same sort of um, you know, the same performers, the nib and the feed of all the other pens. So the writing experience was not new or surprising to me, but the form factor I found I actually really, really liked. And I will say that while the Metro is super popular, if you gave me a choice between which pen to choose, the Explorer or the Metro, I'm choosing the Explorer. Really? Because of the comfort. The Metro... Because it's metal, in my mm. hand, I feel like it's cold and hard, and I just don't find it to be comfortable. The mm. plastic, I feel like, is more warm. It's more comfortable mm. resting against my palm. I just prefer to feel this pen in my hand rather than the Metro, just because it just... I know it's plastic. It's not soft, but to me, it just feels a little more comfortable because it is plastic, and I think that, I guess, maybe air travels through it faster, so it's not as cold and kind of i don't know i just the metro is just a little uh less cozy to me than this so i i do prefer it fair enough fair enough do you feel like this is going to be as i mean obviously it's not going to be as durable as the metro because it's plastic instead of metal but to me this this feels like a pretty thick plastic it doesn't feel like something that you know like when i'm carrying a preppy around in my pocket or something i feel like oh if i sit down wrong it's going to snap this thing in half yeah i feel like that with this pen it feels very solid to me it, it really is. And it is a very, very thick plastic. Like I'm squeezing the cap as hard as I can and it's barely even bending. It does have a really big inner cap too. Yeah. And so. like, I, yeah, I really, I can't really, cause usually you can take the barrel and you can like kind of bend it and, and deform it and it'll bend back. But like this one is like, it's, it's pretty dang rigid. I don't know what kind of plastic this is. It's not the same plastic as like what you have on the grip or anything. I don't know what it is, but it's some kind of super rigid plastic yeah yeah i'm really happy with it yeah i dig it too the thing i like about this is it's got it's a snap cap you know just like the metro to go with that comparison but the step is not real harsh and um i don't know that's kind of cool so i guess just the way design wise that they did it you know the cap is a little thicker and this is something whenever you have a snap cap that's always interesting because usually snap cap mechanisms you're not going to have a cap that's way bigger than the body right you're going to have something that's fairly close to it you know part of the reason you have such bigger caps on screw thread um you know pens is that you need to make room for all those threads and you have the center band to reinforce that and all that kind of stuff so um you end up usually with a cap you know think about like you know sailor um like the 1911 or the pro gear you know you're going to get a big difference in this diameter of the cap than you will with the body well with a lot of snap cap pens you you generally don't have as much of a difference. Um, in fact, a lot of times you can have them flush. Think about like the Diplomat Arrow, like we've talked about a bunch today. Um, that's kind of the case with this one. So I really like 
the fact that there's a very, very just gentle step here. Um, doesn't really get in the way, um, you know, because me personally, I tend to hold my pens back a little bit further maybe, or I, I hold like two of my fingers kind of forward and my thumb usually sits back a little bit. I don't, I don't like really go close up like some people do like on the on the grip of the pen i i'm very relaxed i hold it back i hold a pretty low angle so my thumb is usually way back oftentimes my thumb will rest right on the transition of the grip and the body of the pen so i'm usually kind of aware of how that feels this one was really solid for me though i actually also wrote really far back on this pen i i I you held it way back. Maybe my thumb, it's... my my thumb is right on the threads, like the inner threads yeah. that you, that you can't touch. Like I'm all the hmm. way up there. I don't know why. Interesting. Is it because like this? The to me, the body of this pen feels long. You know, I guess we could look at the dimensions and see if it's longer than average. But you know, to me, it feels like it's got a good length to it. Like I don't have to post this thing, and there's plenty of length in here, and I have big hands. You know, obviously I can post it, and then it's you know you got plenty of length to go with. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I found the same thing. I held it for, for further back a little bit. Another thing that I like uh, in comparison to the Metro versus the Explorer is that the color variety, I think, is better mm. on the Explorer. The Metro yeah. has the Retro Pop collection with sure. you know some funky patterns and stuff. The Metropolitan does not have a blue pen, Brian. There's I no know. blue Metro. It's travesty. Right? I'm kind of ashamed, frankly. So... Yeah, that 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 shocks me sometimes that yeah. it's as popular as it is. So if you want a blue yeah. pen, you got to go with the Explorer. Yeah, maybe and of it has course to do you with got just like the metal versus the you know maybe it's like the lacquers they have to use or just the the method of whatever powder coating. I don't know exactly how they finish those metros, but whatever coating system they use, maybe they're limited on color options or something. I don't no know. No excuse, no excuse for that. I mean, I'm kind of with you. Come on now. They if you can a make friggin, a purple or a red, you can make a blue. They made a Stop. friggin' snake print one. Like, come on. Right. Do blue. Come now. <laughs> it's interesting. You commented that this is a metal clip that actually I did not even realize it was metal until you yeah, painted it Yeah, it's sharp. It you get your fingers under there. It's like, ow. Yeah. I didn't even realize that because it's like the, the I mean, it's, it's shiny, but it's almost like a matte shiny. If that's it looks plastic. Thing. Yeah. The top of it looks plastic. Yeah. Like, so it, in that respect, like the plastic on this pen kind of looks metal. The metal kind of looks plastic. They just they did a really good melding of the two different <laughs> materials, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I dig that. The clip was very functional. I was able to clip it in my pocket and stuff like that. Um, the one thing that I had happening on mine, again, I use the Con 70. Um, I, interestingly enough, did not fill it very much. I just did like a couple of little pumps just to get some ink in there. Partly my my motivation was laziness because I'm just not writing like a full con 70s worth in the week that we're doing these tests. And we've talked many times in the pen cast about my, you know, procrastination of cleaning pens until they are like in desperate need of, <laughs> you know, crustaceans like forming on them. Uh, and so... Uh, I didn't fill it very much, and I noticed I had a lot of ink that was like coming onto the nib and coming into my cap. I was carrying it in my pocket, so it's very close to my extremely warm body. Now, I got to <laughs> tell you this story, Drew. This is not related to pens, but it's kind of gross, and it tells you something about me. Please um, go go on on this not related gross story about you. 
Yeah, so maybe some of you all can relate to this, but probably not. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, everybody can probably relate. Oh, you can't. No, I'm just kind of a freak. Okay. So this is not specifically related to the pen, but it's related to my body heat in my pockets. So, um, you know me, you know I love me some cargo pockets, right? Um, so oft, oft. It is known. Oft when I'm uh, working outside, out and about my property. Uh, literally just last night I was doing that. And, um, you know, I will often wear pants because when I'm working in the woods, I'm very allergic to poison ivy and urushiol, anything with that, poison ivy, oak, sumac, all that stuff. So I, pretty much any times I'm in the woods doing landscaping any kind, I'm like full on, pants long sleeves like drew style um except i'm not like drew i do not find that comfortable i sweat like it looks like i jumped in a swimming pool like in after 10 minutes and it's pretty disgusting so um i don't know if you ever had a drew where you've been like sweating or working out or what i don't know whatever kayaking something like that your body is wet of some kind and like your phone you know how like if your phone gets wet or if like your fingers are wet or whatever, like the way that these phone screens work is it's all electrostatic, right? So it's like your finger, it's the electricity in your finger. Well, sometimes if you have moisture, like if your clothes are wet or something like that, you're like random, like buttons can get activated on the screen of your phone. Have you ever had that happen without you no. actually, without you actually touching it? So I have this happen to me all the time. Um, and it's because I sweat so much. So, I, I'm not joking. I cannot have my phone in my pocket with the screen facing towards my body because my leg, when it's sweaty, will actually activate the screen and it'll take pictures, it'll make phone calls, all kinds of stuff <laughs> like that. So I have to intentionally turn my phone. Wow, look at that. My phone actually, I have sweat on my phone screen right now. Here, I'll show you, Drew, on there. <laughs> Thank I you so much. I sweat on my phone screen just having pulled it out of my pocket. So, and I'm just sitting here in air conditioning. Anyway, the, uh, this is such a thing. Uh, so I, I have to intentionally turn my phone so that the screen is facing away from my body. Well, what, what I noticed was happening. I was looking through my like camera roll and I had all these pictures just really weird looking obscure pictures. I'll try and just show you some of what they look like. Of the like. inside of your pocket? Yeah. Just like pictures and pictures of the inside of my pocket. Oh my because God. Because it like went into burst mode and <laughs> it was uh, taking pictures inside my pocket with the screen facing away from me. I sweat through my pants so much. I sweat through to the outside of the pocket that was then activating the screen oh of the phone. Oh my god! How how weird and how gross is that? This is my life, folks. So when I carry a pen around and I'm noticing like burping issues and stuff like that, I know that my body is going to be a more extreme test for that. I just spit a little bit. I know that I'm getting very passionate about this. Apparently, um, <laughs> I know that my body is going to be a more extreme test of that. So uh, all that to say, um, I did get some ink inside the cap. I this is the this is the first time I've had this happen with the Explorer. Um, I haven't really carried it around on me in the heat of summer. Technically, today's the first day of fall as we're filming this, but whatever. It's still hot. Um, I had very little ink, a lot of extra airspace in here, so I definitely got some burping. I don't think that's necessarily always going to be the case, but it certainly can happen, and it certainly did with me. But, Good thing you didn't have an eyedroppered half full collier. Yeah, I'm not a personally not a big fan of eyedroppering my own pens 
kind of for that reason. Certainly not with anything I carry around on my body. I'll eye dropper a pen and I'll leave it on the desk. That's not a problem. Uh, but anyway, so the thing I will say though, it wrote, it wrote fantastic. Like it just, I mean, like it's just such a good writing pen, like for the price. It's just, I can't yeah. get over it. I use the medium nib so smooth and the medium nib is not like this big fat gushing medium it's a consistent smooth very responsive medium nib just man pilot with these steel nibs they just friggin' nailed it they're fantastic um the thing that i also really liked about this pen so when i first used it up drew uh it was inked up i don't know what was in it but it was something like an archaeologist would find it was in there from a long time ago probably two years old and because i guess i had forgotten that i'd inked it up and there was already a con 70 in here too um so that's whatever i used last time that's what it was so i had to clean it out first before i used it but what was so great you complain about like having to clean out the the con 70 but what was so great is i was able to pull it out i could just pull the nib in the feed straight out because there's friction fit in there just ran it under the tap, use a little toothbrush that I keep there basically for like pen cleaning. And it cleaned up in like five seconds. It was so easy to clean out because the whole yeah. thing just like comes right apart, puts back together. The nib has these like wings that sit into the feed. It just, it can, it can go back in any orientation. It's one of the easiest yeah. pens to take apart and reassemble. So easy to clean this thing out, even if it's all dried out. Now the thing I will say, Drew. So this is the this is the newer Con Seventy that I have. I don't know about the old ones, but whatever, they're dead to us because they don't exist anymore. But <laughs> the new ones. So I again dry ink in here, so it's going to stress test any type of cleaning, right? Whenever you have a pen and it's dried in there, you know you have to like flush and flush and flush, and you have that little bit of ink in there. You're like, it just won't get clear you have to flush it a million times so i was getting that with the con 70 i was using an ink syringe and i was just flushing and flushing and flushing well you know what i discovered drew the the little metal rod in the con 70 mm -hmm. that's it's hollow yeah it's, I it's a I little mentioned, tube and i mentioned what, that what i found is that i had some ink that was in that little tube mm -hmm. and if i took the ink syringe and i put it like on the end of that tube it's almost the exact same size as the needle for our ink syringe and i flushed the syringe into the tube of the con 70 it would flow through the tube and back out and it cleaned it so much faster i said that to you episodes ago and you said whatever if that makes you feel better go right ahead because i had heard that well, from pen, from penboy roy he does that and he swore by it so i tried it and i'm like i think this is working well i say this because first of all i forgot that you told me that ah. second of all second of all it was like a real world experience of dried crusty ink like doing that so i could see where like that might feel unnecessary with ink that is nice and fresh and it'll just flow right out of there. But I think I had some like built up crud in there and it really made it, I still had to flush it like 10 times through that little tube to really clean it out. But that was kind of my own doing. Um, but anyway, so it was a total of maybe. Yeah, five minutes. that's so a thing. That's a thing. It's out. like you, 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 you yeah. match up the, the pipe on the syringe to the pipe to yeah. the converter and boom, magic cleaning power. It really worked. It really worked. Um, so props to Roy props to you. Um, yeah. Not, prop, not props to me for, get, for getting it all together, but then props to me for 
discovering it on my own separately um, after I'd forgotten about it. And then now we're talking about it again. So I don't know. Yeah, Mark Mark Bacchus calls it when the um, feed and the nib kind of like mate together intentionally like that. He calls it a keyed uh, feed and nib. Hmm. So there like you go. Key, keyed. keyed to each okay. other. Yeah. yeah. So I've been that. using, I use that term now after uh, he mentioned that to me. One thing I like I'll that. also say, um, uh, when I was selecting, selecting an ink for my pilot, since this is a Japanese fine, I went with Thunder Fluff because Thunder Fluff is a little bit darker than Rain Fluff. But if you have a medium or broad nib, I recommend Rain Fluff because it does have, I think, a funner, more, mm. um, uh, what do you call it, um, chromatic sort of situation going on. Okay. But, uh, yeah, cool. multi-tonal, whatever you want to say. Um, the ink that I was using was Monteverde DC Super Show Teal, which is also a very wet ink. So that may have contributed to the ink mm. uh, coming out into my cap and onto my nib a little bit, too. Potentiali. Yeah. Great color, though. Very saturated. Lots of shading. Mm. I do like it. I hadn't used it in a while, so I was like, yeah, you know what? Let me do that. Cool. All right, well, that was fun. Uh, so for next week, Drew, what pen should we pick? Well, Brian, you mentioned earlier in the episode that uh, mm-hmm. the Monteverde Regatta is a love-it-or-hate-it sort of pen. Mm. And I will say that while I'm glad we have it, while I'm glad we sell it, I kind of don't like it, but also we've had it for a really long time, and I've never Mm. really given it a chance. Okay. So what do you say about giving the regatta a chance? I mean, I like the regatta, so I don't need to give it a chance because I know I like it, but I'm happy to use it with you, and we can talk about it. Let's let's do that because I, I feel like... I mean, it stood the test of time. When we first got Monteverdi, I don't, I'm sure you remember, we got the Invincia, and we're like, oh, the Invincia, that's a nice pen. That's going to be the flagship yeah. of Monteverde. And now, fast forward, like, you know, seven years later, and that regatta is like the pen. It's been that, one, of the, one of the steadier pens. So there must be something about it. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. So... Yeah, yeah. Let, let's 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 give it a try. I, I I feel like I've been sleeping a little bit on the regatta. Maybe not giving it a fair, fair shake. The thing I will say is I have I have I have at times written with regatta regatta not for long periods of time. So it'll be interesting for me. I I own a many, many regattas because they're all like special editions and they're all really cool looking materials and lots of carbon fiber and wood and you know now shell and stuff like that. Um, so I will be curious to actually use it more because it has been a while for me that grip. That grip is going to concern me. I think the, the cap is going to be fun because it's a magnetic and it's got that loud clink. But the step on that thing and the size of the grip, I'm a little concerned about how I'm going to actually feel about it. But I'm willing to give it a try. Yeah. So I me say too. Let's, me too. So let's, let's both give it a shot. We'll pick the regatta. We'll choose some different nibs, some different ink, and, and kind of go from there. And we'll talk about that next week. And I will also say um, last week and perhaps a week prior, we got some requests on our YouTube comments about, hey, why don't we, you know, have the pen ready or we ink up the pen that we choose the week prior so that kind of you can see us getting started. The real truth is we don't. You're assuming we plan way more than we do. 
<laughs> That's I mean, it. I, I had a bulleted list of some things, and I was That's like, hey, it. Drew, like, as we were setting up to record here, I was like, hey, what are we going to do for next week? I don't know. Yeah. Just look at the list, pick so, something. You're probably giving us a little too much credit there. We would. We certainly would if we had our stuff together. Oh, but yeah. you have no idea how much of what we talk about here is either completely on the fly or stuff we came up with yesterday afternoon. Like... <laughs> 90% of it. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that Brian and I are like, it's kind of bad because he and I both are procrastinators that work pretty well under like a deadline at, you know, the, uh, the you know, the 11th hour. We work, so we work, um, we work better under pressure, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the, the, yeah, that's what you get. Sorry. <laughs> you, want a, you want a little story here? Uh, I know we're going long, but whatever. We always go long. Um, so perfect example of why I often procrastinate. So um, COVID life, right? Uh, the DMV right now is not a place that you can just like walk in. Department of Motor Vehicles. I know it's called different things in different states and countries and stuff. But, you know, if you got to register a motor vehicle of some kind. So I have a I have a new trailer that I bought, right? It's technically not a motor vehicle, but it still has to be registered. It's got brakes on it and stuff. So whatever. So uh, it's, it's a new vehicle on the road it has axles and tires so i had to register it well you can't just walk into the dmv and get an appointment like you could before COVID started so i had to make an appointment six weeks ago so i had six so i was like okay i looked up on the website this was again six weeks ago when i made the appointment i looked it up i was like okay i need to get this form blah that okay i got all my paperwork in order cool well I try to be proactive and I put all of this paperwork in my truck, which is the thing that hauls the trailer, right? They're associated. So I was like, I'm going to put it there. I'm not going to lose it. Perfect. Well, my truck has a little bit of an issue. So I brought it to the mechanic yesterday. Guess where the paperwork is in the truck the morning of my DMV appointment. So I'm driving back from the mechanic and I'm like, ah, crap. I was like, wait a minute. Where did I put that paperwork? Did I put it in the truck? That was a long time ago. I haven't seen it in the truck in a while. Shoot. So I call Rachel. I'm like halfway back. I'm like, Rachel, can you look in this place and this place and this place and this place? Because I know it's been in all these places. Can you check all of these while I drive back to the mechanic just in case it's there? Turns out it was in the truck. And I did remember correctly. I just didn't remember that I remembered correctly. I was trying to be proactive, but then I forgot that I was proactive and I still ended up running around like a maniac at the last minute. Anyway, saved myself literally no work and no stress and just caused myself a bunch of extra time. But I did get to the DMV in time and now my trailer is registered. So it all worked out. But like, it was just a whole bunch of extra nonsense. I was like, why? I should just wait at the last minute and then I would have known where everything was at least. And then I forgot to get Rachel's signature on the thing and I had to fill out all the paperwork again at the DMV anyway, which was kind of funny. But I needed like the, the bill. I needed like the bill of sale and all. I needed other things. But like the form that I proactively filled out was basically useless because it had Rachel's name on it, but I didn't have her signature. And I had a 15-minute window at the DMV, and I had to wait six weeks to get it. So I was like, "Dag on it! I'm going to fill out a new form, and Rachel's name is just not going to be on this trailer." <laughs> so now I'm it's sure just, she's fine with that. She was like, "Oh, I don't care at all." She's like, "Whatever. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that trailer." <laughs> <laughs> she will never touch it or see it or drive it or anything. Yeah. Oh, anyway, this is my oh, life. Man. I'm sure you can relate. A whole through. bunch of extra nonsense. <laughs> a whole bunch of extra nonsense. There's our show title, maybe. All right. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to like go right into the what's happening portion of our segment here, but 
that's sort of what I have happening. I got a little more, but let's let's you jump into it, Drew. What's been happening in your life? Um, well, uh, my wife had her last show, so she does musical theater, so she finished that out. Um, nice. And uh, now she's starting a new one, so going right Whoa. back in. That, that's Already? Been, that's, Dang. That's been good. Yeah, yeah. She's well. They're they're ramping back up now. You know, they're they're wow. able to have uh, people in the theater spaced out with masks. So she's been really happy because um, as a performer, you know, it's not nice. like a hobby. Like I can do all my nerdy stuff at home. You know, mm. and I'm, my my little hobby hole is always full because I can do it at home. With her, it's like you can't just. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she could try to just randomly perform and sing throughout the house, but it's not the same. So I'm glad that I'm same. glad that she's yeah. having the opportunity to do that. It was also her birthday this past weekend, so we celebrated oh. that. Yeah, um, and then um, we will continue to do that because she also had a show on her birthday. So we'll that'll continue throughout the week. And uh, I needed to choose another video game, Brian. Serious mm. business. I completed yes. I completed a game and moved on to another one and. I originally had chosen a Lord of the Rings game and uh, super excited about that. I bought it for like seven bucks and it was too mm. much like Assassin's Creed, which is another one of my favorite video game series. But it was like Lord of the Rings Assassin's Creed, like running around, sneaking around. So the problem? Stealth. It was too well, much like your favorite game? It was because I'm like, I could just play Assassin's Creed and it would be better mm. because there are no substitutions. Assassin's Creed is the best. So I was like, eh, I'm like, I also played one recently because, you know, so I, I, I moved past that one. So now I'm trying to play Final Fantasy 15, which, yes, Final. Is that the newest one? 15. Are there... It is the newest one. Yeah. Well, technically, it's the newest. Yeah. Yeah. It's the newest one. The newest. The... They probably had like offshoots or something, right? Or yeah. They've had, they've like had the a remake ones? since then of an older one. But yeah, technically, it is the most recent chronological final fantasy wow um, 15 that's 15 crazy. and ironically the first one was called final but there has literally been no final <laughs> fantasy um but uh i had started it and uh, something else came up and i had stopped it but i'm gonna i'm committed to it now um but it's very relaxing it's actually kind mm. of it's just more easy but you there's a lot of cooking like whenever you camp you like <laughs> select ingredients and you make food so it's actually really relaxing and kind of wow soothing in a, in a in a way so um i played it last night i'm like just leaning back on the couch like mm, just driving through the countryside and this, it's it's pleasant as i get older i'm like let me just kind of lose myself in a game like nice I'll, i'm like if i'm riding a horse i'm like no no no, we're just gonna trot we're not gonna run <laughs> i got nowhere to be What's, where's the I'm fire gonna, where's the gonna, fire yeah, yeah right let's, set that let's thing to easy down. i'm like i'm not looking yeah. for a challenge I'm just like, they're gonna come out with a Final Fantasy 16. You know, you got time. Yeah, you can do. Why not? You can play this one at your own yeah, pace. Yeah, I'll wait for. I'll wait for this thing to go on sale for seven bucks. I'm just. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You, so that's you're me. Cle- you're clearly getting more patient and more mature in your later years here, Drew. As well, as it you relates know, to video games. Of a course. big, a big part of that has been collecting like retro games because I've been doing that for about ten years mm. now. Um, okay. And it's become very obvious to me that if a game is good truly good it's going to be good forever Mm. so whether you play it now or later if it's truly good you can play it 10 years from now and it'll be just as good so good point good point yep nice um yeah so i already talked about my trailer misadventures um last week was an interesting week for me because um you know my kids are now back in school in person for the first time in a year and a half 
Uh, it took three days for Joseph to have a potential COVID exposure. So we got the call in the middle of our one of our leadership meetings that we had to come and pick up Joseph immediately and quarantine him for the remainder of the week because he had potentially been exposed. He, he you know, thankfully was not ill in any shape or form. So it all worked out, but certainly did not help the anxieties and stresses related to our kids going back to school because we were like, oh gosh, are you kidding me? Really, like three days, that's all it took. But he's fine, he's fine. Um, we talked about Rachel had her little foot surgery thing. She's recovering, but it's slow going. So uh, <laughs> combine like the fact that Rachel has not been able to do much around the house and she feels really bad about it. And then like the kids, you know, are what they are. And now there's backpacks and other paperwork and things involved with the normal house setup. And then Joseph was quarantined and it was just like, all right, I'm kind of at my limit. So I ended up taking off like basically the last like day and a half of last week because I was kind of just, I was kind of done. Um, I didn't, when I say take off, I didn't mean like trotting on a horse in a video game. It was like, okay, this garage is a disaster and I'm tripping over bikes and everything. Every time I get in and out of the car, this has got to change. And uh, so I basically spent four days like reorganizing the house and you know, taking stuff to the dump and, you know, all this, just, just getting, literally getting the house in order. I mean, it's still not in order, but it's better. So that'll be a consistent thing. I'll have to keep going. Um, and then also I, um, have a metal carport that I'm assembling. Um, you know, got that from my parents, they were getting rid of it. And I was like, well, what are y'all going to do with it? And they're like, I don't know who wants an old metal carport. And I was like, I might, you know, <laughs> so, um, I took it cause I have all these like crap that I bought for the yard. Cause I'm like actually trying to maintain actual grass. Um, and so I have a dethatcher and I have an aerator and these other things that you like pull behind the mower. I don't need to like store that in a garage or whatever. I just needed to, you know, have some sort of covering. So I was like a carport's like perfect for that. So I've been assembling this carport. It has been a chore. But anyway, it's happening. So uh, doing that and then just like watching lots of YouTube videos about, you know, carports and driveway maintenance and all these outdoorsy things because my driveway is like got some cracks in it. And I've had like just, you know, we've been living here for 10 years. I have a paved driveway and there's like erosion that's happened next to the paved driveway. So now in some parts, there's like a four, like a six inch drop off the driveway so you like the kids are like rolling their ankles and when trucks are driving over it, like some of the edges are starting to like get damaged and stuff like that. So I got to like address that, but you've seen my driveway drew. It is not short. No, so, no, no. It, it, it's uh, out know. there. Um, did yeah, you say so. that you watched a, you were watching YouTube videos about carports? Oh yeah, of course. Carports. And Oh, it sends me down a rabbit hole. Drew. I learn about like, how they design culverts for highways and, you know, how to, you know, as, do asphalt patching. And there's, I'm that, telling that, you, that makes, that makes like, like yeah. but, but carports, what, what, what does a YouTube video about a carport oh, say? Oh, well, I had to, so I had to move this carport. So I had to, but like you, like, you were the one that, uh, that took this thing down though. So like, Oh, I took it down. I put it, yeah. And I put it back up. Originally I was going to try to move it in one piece. So I was researching like, how are people doing that? But every video I found was like, you know, 
rednecks that were like, hold my beer and let's move this carport. And it was like the <laughs> sketchiest looking thing. And I was like, this looks like a terrible idea. And then I, I actually researched through like the Virginia Department of whatever transportation or something like that. And like to, to transport something that large, you need permits and all these kinds of things. Oh my it was God. like, okay. no, basically a terrible idea. So I was like, oh, nice. maybe I can disassemble it in larger pieces, not have to take it apart as much. That basically ended up not working at all. And I had to essentially take the whole thing apart and then well no, knowing you you probably knowing you you probably did a really great job keeping all the screws separate labeled and packaged together right oh not at all no, no? i did label no i did well yeah you're I, I usually really kept, intentional about all that. i did keep all the screws yeah i did keep all the screws separate but I, I labeled every piece but i just wasn't like you know it was it was like 95 degrees when i took this thing apart it took oh, me yeah, seven I remember, hours, I remember you telling me, me seven that. hours that was like the worst apart. week ever yeah, and I had to do it by myself just because of conflicts and the timeline oh. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I took apart an entire carport in one day by myself, transported it here, and now I'm reassembling it over many, many days. But oh, it's okay. I'm under less pressure to rebuild it than I was to take it down. So yeah, I'm sure. finding that to be more relaxed. Plus, it's just more fun to, like, build something. I like taking things down and disassembling them when you don't care what happens to them next because then you can just, like, destruct it, and it's a lot yeah. of fun. When you're trying to take something apart very intentionally that you know yourself is going to have to reassemble, that's stressful to me, you know? Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh, gosh, how do I how do I label this? All these pieces look the same. What labeling system do I come up with? You know, so I took tons of pictures and had to write, like, with Sharpie on different parts and all that. And then I look at the Sharpie, and I'm like, it's, like, halfway faded. And I'm like, oh, crap, is this a five or a two? I don't know. You know, so that's that's what I'm living in right now. As um, I'm sweating through my pants and activating <laughs> right, your phone's taking activating pictures. my phone and texting them to people. I'm just kidding. It's not texting. Oh, but yeah. So anyway, those are my adventures. But, you know, frankly, I love it, especially because I am at home a lot. And so, like, when I finish up a work day, like, literally when we're done with this pen cast, I'm going to, like, go to upload the footage. And then I'm going to, like, throw on some dirty clothes and go work on my carport again. Nice. Um, and then just, like, mentally, it's like whew, the rest of the world doesn't exist. I just get to, like, clear my head smell just the leaves rotting and everything that happens in the fall you know it's gonna be great just me and my carport me and my carport smelling my rotting leaves while i sweat through my pants it's gonna be great you enjoy that buddy i'm very excited about that well you ride your fake horse and trot to your campsite while you cook your make-believe food Uh, We we all have our weird things come on Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. The problem is I've been choosing really relaxing games and I always play them late at night and they've been putting me to sleep. So maybe I need to stop playing relaxing games because no, I, I will literally just start zoning out. I think that's okay, Drew. I think you're just, you should lean into it. I think it is it. okay, too. Lean yeah, and, that's it with, and that's with coffee at like 830. <laughs> I still just pass yeah, out. That's all know. right. That's all right. Clearly your body needs the rest. So um, Cool. All right, uh, as far as company updates, uh, we do have a few things. So earlier this week, I mean, technically today as we're shooting this, we normally shoot this on Wednesday. We're actually shooting it on Tuesday because we had some schedule conflicts. But uh, earlier this week was World Gratitude Day. So that was kind of fun. We got to uh, write some you know, notes of gratitude to each other in, inside our company, and that was pretty fun. Try and celebrate a little bit. We're trying to just like, since we can't all be together in the same building with this COVID stuff right now, we're trying to figure out like, 
any way possible that we can just share our culture with each other as we go about it. And that was kind of one fun opportunity we had this week. So that was pretty neat. Um, we got some cool videos in the works. We've shot a whole bunch of stuff. We're in like the editing phase of it right now. It takes a little longer to do everything right now, but we're going to have some fun stuff coming out in the next month, month and a half, something like that. You know, um, I was looking at, uh, I'll be putting out a video on uh, how to use a loop, right? And um, mm-hmm. I was watching that today, kind of just kind of looking it over. And I was saying something about like, oh, yeah, and, you know, we'll do a whole other video on that. I said, instead of whole other video, I let the Virginia come out, Brian. And I said in the video, whole nother. Whole nother. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Embrace I it, heard Drew. that. I'm like, God. This is your heritage. Dang it, Drew. No, it's. That's right. We'll get a whole nother video on that. <laughs> Golly. We're not going to tell you how to tune your nib today. <laughs> that is such a spot on Sheriff of Nottingham from the Robin Hood animated Disney uh, movie in the 60s. The safety on old Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> you can really nail certain impressions, Drew. Oh, God. That one, LeFou, and then Kermit the Frog. You just like, yeah. you nail those. You nail them. Yeah, Kermit's fun. Yeah, you're good at that. Nobody's going to want to hear it, but we're not going to give it to him. No. You can just bust it out randomly as you feel inspired. Um, cool. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so we got some cool stuff in the works. We're starting to plan out for our holiday season because, believe it or not, we have already been planning for it. But now it's like, okay, we actually going to really start uh, start planning some stuff out. We're not going to do anything crazy. We've talked about this before. But we're just – don't expect a lot. But we're going to do some emails and take some pictures and stuff. It should be fun. Um, and then – we do have one thing that's kind of cool. So if you've actually placed an order with us this week um, or within the, within the last week, week and a half, um, we did implement something new. This is on our uh, tracking pages. So once you've placed the order to, to get the tracking updates, um, we've got some better branding, some more frequent updates, hopefully more accurate updates. This is something we've been working on, I'm not joking, for five months um, to be able to have some of these features, you know, um, and just more information, better updates, more pleasant visuals when you actually go to the tracking and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if you happen to notice that, cool. Uh, If you happen to not care, okay, less cool, but I'm still glad we did it. So anyway, hopefully you just get a little bit better experience, especially the biggest win I think is just, um, it used to be that we would, you know, pack up your order, right? We would do the, the shipping label and all that kind of stuff. So we'd actually do it. It would charge it. You know, we would get the tracking number and all that kind of stuff. And in our system, it would automate, you know, once we did that, it was then connected to your account and then it would send you an email saying like, Hey, here's your tracking number, yada, yada, yada. Well, it couldn't distinguish with our old way that we were doing it between what had just had a label generated and what had actually been picked up by the shipping carrier. So basically the way that it was portraying, it was like, Hey, your order is shipped and it's on its way. And people would go to check the tracking and it would be like, it's not in our system yet because it was sending you to the shipping carrier, but they hadn't picked it up yet. So then people would call and Drew, you know, cause you were in customer care for quite a long time. People would call and be like, ah, what's happening? My tracking's not working. And you're like, well, check still back in the at building. 6 PM. Yeah. Check back tonight. It's not updated yet. And this is like a regular occurrence. So Hopefully now it's going to have more accurate intermittent updates like that saying like, hey, your order's now 
like ready for pickup, still at our location, you know, but it'll get, and then when it enters into the system, hey, it's been picked up by the carrier, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping that that'll be a really nice uh, win for you as you're checking the statuses of your orders, especially because as we enter into the holidays, I'm just expecting things to be kind of bananas like they were last year because they're already talking about having trouble with FedEx and UPS and USPS and the carriers. And it's just going to be a kind of a crazy holidays because they're not going to have enough people to ship all the things that need to be shipped and just be ready for that. Order early everywhere, not just us everywhere, everything you need, because it's going to get messy. There we go. All right. Yes, indeed. You got anything on your desk, Drew, that you're playing with? I've got a lot of things on my desk. Yeah, um, still playing with these Pelican twists, trying to figure out this converter situation. It's been interesting. So the uh, we talked about last week how we're having a hard time trying to figure out the converter fit issue. I actually put mm. a normal converter in here, and it just stays in the butt of the pen. But then if I okay. attach it, it seems to work just fine without actually plugging it into the grip section. And I've been using this for about a week, and nothing bad has happened. So that might be the solution, but we're still going to be looking for a converter to fit a little bit better. So So the result of this means that you can't fill the pen through the grip section with the converter attached because it's not grabbing onto it. Correct. But if you fill the converter directly into your bottle of ink... You're, it's essentially becoming like a self-filling cartridge at that point. Yeah, you right? could use so something held... like the Paniter uh, um, snorkel filler or something like that okay. to fill yep. you know, yep. directly into your converter, or you could just syringe fill the thing. You could syringe it, or you could just dip the converter itself down into the ink, whichever you're Certainly. more comfortable with, assuming yep. the ink is like you know full enough. If you're like at the bottom of a noodler's bottle, it's really tough to get that deep down in there. That's where Impossible. the snorkel is pretty crucial. Yeah. So that's um, been interesting. Yeah, been playing okay. around with that. Um, nice, little, like, nice little hack there. Good job. Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're figuring it out. Um, the yeah. question is, will it be worth it? So, eh, you know, TBD on that one. Yeah. But uh, did write some letters of gratitude today, and I used my Diplomat Arrow uh, with the Noodler's Beaver still in there, and then I broke out the uh, Twisby ALR with um, Noodler's mm. Navy in it. And, uh, nice. man, I just I, this thing just writes like a dream. I've just been loving that. Nice. So I've uh, been writing with that one a lot as well. Awesome. Um, I have no idea what's on my desk because I was quarantined with Joseph last week and I couldn't literally could not come into the office. Um, you know, I believe that one of our customers sent us some chocolate, which was nice to share with the team. So I helped virtually coordinate that getting distributed. Yeah, that was on your desk. It's it's not there anymore. Yeah, it's not there anymore, but Hey, that's all right. That's fine. Um, as long as everybody gets chocolate, I'm happy. So yeah, I, I, I've been at home. I've been doing the, the home thing, but you know, again, that's all right. I'll make it into the office at some point now. Joe's is good, so everything's back to normal for us. So yeah, there we go. All right, Delightful. I think we've uh, I think we've trotted along on our virtual horse long enough on this episode. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But just want to thank all of you for watching. Please leave us feedback on how we're doing. Let us know how much you're sick of Drew and how much you wish that he would just be different than what he is. Because um, I'm sure it's good for him to hear. Um, maybe eventually, if we all work together, we can change fundamentally who he is as a person because i think thank you brian thank you it's really needed yeah we're here for you drew we support you thank you being being a different person than you are yeah Um, i I hope that comes up on my evaluation oh yes oh it's it's coming don't you worry (laughs) um (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm doing all my mid-year evaluations right now for everybody who cares but no one does but that's okay unless you happen to manage people and then you know what's involved but it's fine 
I'm not as mean. I'm being mean to Drew right now, but he knows how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely check out gulaypens.com for all your fountain pen, ink, paper needs, etc. You can email us if you're in the audio version. You can email us at pencast at and I have a random fun fact for you that's somewhat timely. So this past Monday, we saw what's known as the harvest moon. So the harvest moon is the full moon that occurs during the autumn equinox. Uh, and it's when the Earth's equator most closely lines up with the sun's center. It is noticeably brighter and rises earlier than a typical full moon. It always appears sometime in September, October, and this harvest moon can appear almost an orange color, like a pumpkin-y kind of color. Um, So that's kind of timely with the seasons. Uh, This bright early moonlight has long been helpful to farmers as they harvest their summer crops, hence the name Harvest Moon. Ah! Isn't that neat? I kind of wondered where that came from. So there you go. Harvest Moon. Autumn equinox, full moon, pumpkin in the sky. Helps farmers. That's cool. Right? Didn't know that. That's my fun random fact for you all today. Also a video game series. There you go. All kinds of knowledge coming at you. Thank you, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful week. We will catch you on the next one. And right on.